Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to talk about what does it mean to not love the world? Oh boy. We'll have some fun today, John. We're going to have a little bit of fun because there almost seems like a contradiction in the Bible. It's really interesting. You know, 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And then when you go to John 3.16, it starts out with, For God so loved the world. We need some clarification here, Pastor John. We need clarification because God loves the world, but he tells us that we're not supposed to love the world. And so what's the apparent contradiction? I am so glad that the second question is asked so we can finish it. Brother, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you. Father, thank you for this time that we have together. Father, as Duke and I speak, give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech, and then, Father, as those who listen, give them clarity of hearing. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I Johnny, am, I think I know what you're going to do. You're going to drag a whole bunch of Bible verses I'm in. I'm going to drag a bunch of them. You are. You always do that. <laughs> I probably have more than we actually have time. But to biblically clarify what you talk about, go for it. I just you want to harass you for a minute. do it, right? Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And again, listen, if you've not been on his podcast, go to PastorDuke.com or go to any podcasting platform. Put in Pastor Duke. It'll pop right up. He'll be the first one up. Got some great stuff on there. Got more stuff going up. And then we also uh, have another guy that we've gotten into podcasting. And his name is Walter Swaim. His podcast is Truth Unbound. And man, he has some great, great stuff, especially on this about the world. He's got a great mind and a, and a, a spirit controlled so uh, temperament. Yeah. Love that guy. I've not met him, but we've corresponded <laughs> he, a lot. He, he controls himself way better than I he do. Does, I he does, he does, <laughs> So at any rate, make sure that you get on those other podcasts, listen to it, because I can assure you between, uh, between according to John, Pastor Duke and Truth Unbound, you will get about every topic that you need answered, answered. And if you email any one of us and ask a question I, or, or, or you want to know about a specific topic, I promise you any one of us three will cover it and put it out there biblically yeah. speaking. As podcasters, we want to know what your questions are. It means the world to us. That way we can hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're living in a time when uh, people are afraid sometimes to really be straight up biblical. Mm -hmm. That's the neat thing about podcast casting. things tune us out, but they don't, they don't come in and get in our face. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can and, say bad things on the podcast uh, things, but well, and here's the thing. People are kind to me. Yeah. They're way more kind to you than they are. It's because I'm a wimp. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, you're just so tough, man. You just I don't got all know about Bible that. Bible verses. Oh, I'm just like you won't compromise on anything. You just love people fiercely, right? Let's, yeah, we just got to do it. So, uh, hey guys, we're just trying to give you some great avenues for information and where you can get scriptural uh, uh, teachings that are are spot on, right? 
And, uh, and hopefully each one will help you. You'll get your answers and you can grow in Christ through that. And so today, what does it mean to not love the world? One verse tells us, uh, do not love the world or the things in the world. And then the next verse tells us, for God so loved the world. And we have to look at a couple of different things. And so the first thing we're going to do is give you some terms on the fray or on the, on the word world. Uh, so in the Bible, when it talks about the world, it, it can mean people, earth or universe mm-hmm. yep. D- depending on the context i love you as big as the whole wide world yeah <laughs> <laughs> cosmos the cosmos <laughs> right so uh so at any rate the the world can refer to earth and the physical universe we see in hebrews 1 2 uh has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds or the universe in john 13 1 now before the feast of the passover when jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the father having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end and so we see that it is uh in in hebrews it's the universe and in uh in john here it is the uh earth but most often when we look at the scriptures it refers to the humanistic system Mm -hmm. okay and and it's the humanistic system that is at odds with God. And that's what, that's what you have to understand when, when he talks about the world and he's talking about people in reference to people, it is the people that are at odds with God. Yeah. It's kind of the worldly groupthink is a word that we're using a lot today. It's the world that Satan is the prince and power of the air. Uh, And so it's the, the system of the world. And that's exactly what God was talking about when he's in first John, when he said, love, not the world, not the world's system. Yes. Whose thinking is anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible. Yes. So in Matthew 18, seven, it is woe to the world because of offenses for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. And so woe to the world because of offenses, the world is woe to the people because of the offenses, right? Because the earth can't offend. Mm -hmm. It's the people that offend, right? Or uh, yeah, right? <laughs> they sure can. They can. Experts, John, especially Christians, right? We're so offensive. Yeah. At any rate, John fifteen nineteen. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And the world there literally is the human system operated by Satan's design or pleasure because again the earth will not hate the dirt doesn't hate anybody plants and trees don't hate anybody they don't hurt listen they exist because they exist and they exist and that's why that's it it's over but people now we can hate and so Mm -hmm. that's the world that the scripture here is talking about in first john 4 5 they are of the world well who are they the people that are an offense to god or against god they are of the world therefore they speak as of the world or the world ways and the world hears them those that are in agreement with the world's ways hear them so again it's people it's not it's not the earth Mm -hmm. we're in the world but we're not of the world. Yeah, and that means that we got to live with this mess, but we don't have to act like this mess. I remember first coming to Christ, you know, uh, Friday nights I go to the bar and still use somebody else's fake ID and, 
get drunk, underage, <laughs> and drive home. <laughs> That's the world system. That's the world and system. And then the Holy Spirit comes inside of me and says, eh, yeah, why, don't we go to the, why don't you go to the uh, teen rally at the church right. on Friday night, you know, and stay sober, and, uh, you know, just the spirit is opposite. Yeah, so the, yeah, the world says get drunk. The Bible says be not drunk. Drunk in the, sp- drunk in the spirit. Yeah, be drunk in the spirit, but not with wine. Yeah. Or in his excess, yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's a clear difference. You know, the, the world says it's okay to get a divorce, and the Bible says don't get divorced. Yeah. You know? You know the, what I'm, I, I realized, Johnny, you and I were pretty much experts in the world, weren't we? <laughs> we had that system Dude, I don't even well. want to talk about how good I was in the world. Yeah, so we had that system down. And they, it was yeah, bringing, they loved us. Yeah, and they were bringing, yeah, oh, I remember when I quit selling drugs, I had guys show up at my house. I had four guys come. They wrote a song. Uh, my alias name was Arthur Schmelman from Sundance, <laughs> Idaho. And my friend Roach wrote a song, We are Schmelz Commandos, the ones who smoke the weed. And after that, it got really dirty, so I won't <laughs> sing that to you. But they came to my house begging me to come back to the world. Right. And I said, no, I can't. I, I, I have Jesus. I, I, I don't want to come back to the world. I love you, man. And you know, Roach got saved. He's actually in heaven. He died about uh, three months ago. Man, uh, he I'm lived sorry for to hear God. that. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, about five years after me, he got saved. And my friend uh, Gary Constance was in, that, um, was in that group to show up to try to drag me back in the world. And he's a deacon in his church, <laughs> does mission trips to uh, Central America. So Arthur four, Schmelman. Schmelman, not Schmelman. Schmelman. Schmel- <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's my alias. I'll, I'll sing you the rest of the song. Schmelman. <laughs> Oh, but that's goodness. the world, right? That's the world, and uh, that world has its humor. The world has its idols. You well, know, you know, when stars. I got when I got saved, all the guys that I were drinking and getting that I was drinking and getting high with, and all that, um, one by one, they just quit talking to me. Yeah. Well, that happened to me too. They just done. They, yeah, they wanted nothing to do with me, right? So that right there shows you, right, the the difference. Um, when God says that He loves the world, He's referring to the human beings. First John mm-hmm. four nine. In this, the love of God was manifest toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. You go into 10, it says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Not that God loves the world system. He loves people. Yes. But, you know, his love for people extends to the point of telling them truth. And then after that, if you reject his truth, then he doesn't love the people that reject his truth because then they become enemies. Now, I know that's not popular, but that's factual. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Bible says, right? So if you're not for me, Jesus said you're what? You're against me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I tell people all the time, you know, uh, you can't ride the fence because Satan owns the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The you fence know? is, yeah, he, he owns, yeah. He owns the fence. You know, he were like lukewarm. You can't be lukewarm. Satan owns the fence. And so as, as God's children, uh, we're to love other people. Romans 13, eight, right? Uh, oh, no one, anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now we just did a podcast on, um, what it means, what it means to love someone or love to love the enemy, right. Or love other people. First John four, seven beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, the interesting thing about first John is it's strictly for Christians. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in first John for the lost people. 
It's talking to the family. So, yeah. So it says, beloved Christians, let us love one another. Who? Christians. He's talking to Christians. Let us love one another. So we see here is clear uh, that we are to love uh, Christians. And then it goes on that we're to actually have a deeper love for one another as Christians than we are for the world, uh, the people of the world. And then in 1 Peter 1.22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, right? Having been born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so we see here that as children, as the part of the family, we are to love the church. And, and, and I know this goes against the grain, but we're to love the church and the people of the church more than the people of the world. I'd like to jump in on that, which is uh, uh, throw some icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, when I was a, a new believer, I just always, I experienced that bond with Christian people that I never experienced in the drug culture. Right. And the drug culture loved me when I had the dope and when I was partying, when I was wild and crazy, the church loved people loved me when I was in season and out of season and if I if I fell back a little bit, they come after me. In the world, as soon as I wasn't doing their thing, they rejected me. And I begin to realize that church is the pillar and ground of truth. Jesus said the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. The church was God gave officers to the church. He gave gifts to the church. Christ died for the church. He's the groom of the church. The church is his bride. I just realized as a as an eighteen year old kid, I did the world. I, I, I was expert at that. There's now nothing a, complete such as the church. I mean, in all of its faults, man, the church is still the best thing the world yeah, ever and, has. And, I, and it hit me, and I said, I'm a church guy. I'm all about the church. I'm in the church, of the church, for the church. I'm not going to sit back and just go to a church. I'm going to be part so much of the nucleus of the church. So I'm going to be part of what makes the church happen for the rest of my life. And I jumped in. Best decision I ever yep. made. Yeah, because, you know, family used to, uh, of course, they never said it to us, but they would say it to one another, and then it would get back to us. And they're like, um, yeah, you know, they uh, before they started going to church, they used to hang out here all the time. Now that they go to church, they'd rather hang out with church people than us. And and the reality is, it's just because all of a sudden, it wasn't that we didn't, that we loved our family less. It's just that, that we had more in common with the church people because it was the things of God, no drinking, no smoking, uh, no cursing, no, you know, like there's this whole purity system, if you will, that just, when you are loving God the way you're supposed to, you want to be a part of that. Yeah. There was a time when I was very comfortable around secondhand smoke and firsthand smoke too. Uh, I was very comfortable about filthy, uh, around filthy language and cursing and, immoral talk uh, and immoral actions and violence. I was very comfortable yeah. with all of that. When the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me, I became uncomfortable with that. I would go to and church. And it happens overnight. In a moment of time. Absolutely. I go into my dad's bar. I never noticed how everybody cussed so bad. And then I got <laughs> saved and, and I have to pick up my dad from work. So I'm in my dad's right. bar to pick him up from work. And it just and crushes then, your spirit. Yeah, I was like, I never noticed how bad the language was, but now the Holy Spirit's in me. Well, the blinders come off, because remember, the Bible says that Satan blinds people. I told people as I was departing the world, that those guys that came sang me that song in the night begged me to come back to the world, get high with them, and get drunk, and go party. And I said, I'm not one bit better than any of you. 
I said, I'm not better. I said, I just lived that lifestyle long enough. I was laughing on the outside with you guys, but right. I was crying on the inside. Inside of me was dead man's bones. I didn't know who I was, why I was here, where I was going. I was very troubled, and I'd drink alcohol and do drugs just to kind of numb my brain from the things that are very frustrating. Now I found answers to my questions. I don't need alcohol. I'm drunk in the spirit. Right. I, I don't want to be around foul language, not because I'm a goody-goody two-shoe. It's just that the spirit of Christ in me doesn't want to hear. Right. Uh, you know, women's bodies are... are it, just, it, it becomes very offensive. Yeah. It's, uh, to the that, spirit. I don't mean to be holier right. than thou, like I'm better right. than anybody, but right. I just, I don't want to be around right. the filth. Right. Yeah. I, listen, I get it, man. Uh, so when we're talking about not to love the world is what you're talking about is the world's corrupt value system yeah we're not to yeah. love that or, or to be a part of it and then to understand that satan is the god of this world um it little is g. literally yeah little literally g. little g god yeah little g and literally the the little g god of this world and we find that in ephesians and we find it in corinthians and so it is and his value system is completely contrary to the yeah. world's. And so Second mm-hmm. Corinthians four four, whose minds the little G God of this age or world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And so we see here that literally it is the little G God, he Satan, who is the God of this world. Man, he deceives so many so easily. What do you got there? Got a verse, uh, Galatians one four, who Jesus gave himself for our sins that we might that he might deliver us from this present evil world, and that's the system that that you're talking about. According to the will of God, God wants to deliver us even now from from this evil world. But then when he returns, he'll li- literally take us from the very presence of this evil world into an holy world in heaven. Yes, we'll be out of it. There's three things that Satan's system promotes. Mm-hmm. And we find it in 1 John 2.16, which we did a podcast. Uh, it was in the very beginning when, when you first started joining me in the podcasting. And in the podcast, How Many Ways Can Man Sin? Mm-hmm. And there's only three ways that a person can sin. We know we're like, Oh, there's multiple ways, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. There's only three ways. Now it can look like a multitude of ways, but there's only three. And that literally, my wife calls them root sins, root sins, right? Uh, every sin goes under one of these topics. Amen. Every like, like this is, this is the categories of sin that you can sin. And so Satan's system is literally the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride Pride of of life. life. We find that in 1 John 2, 16. For all that is in the world, for all, and all means all, and that's all all means. <laughs> uh, yeah. right. Wow, man. That was, dude. 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 That, was, that was one of those things where all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that was deep. <laughs> for all that is in the for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father in heaven, but it's is uh, of the world. world, which is Satan's system. system. Okay? And so every sin imaginable literally can be sum, summed up in yeah, those three lust of the flesh would be sexual. Lust Se- of the- oh, well, sexual, eating, yeah. drugs, yeah. alcohol, um, cutting. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, anything that anything that involves 
the flesh mm-hmm. is lust of the flesh. And so literally, if you are a cutter, that's lust of the flesh because you're wanting to satisfy, you're, you're using your flesh to satisfy, satisfy urges. Yeah, your emotion and, and your, your fears or your thoughts. If you're drinking, you're satisfying the body. If you're drugs, you're satisfying the body. Sex is dra- uh, uh, satisfying, satisfying the body. The body. Uh, eating, uh, if you're a glutton, listen, that's lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lust of the flesh, uh, lust of the eyes, I think that's materialism. You know, see it, I want it. I still struggle with that one every time I see Harley Davidson motorcycles. <laughs> you know, so here's my problem, dude. All right. You know, two years ago, last month made two years, which actually three weeks ago was today, the 23rd. Uh, yeah, so almost a month ago, I had that motorcycle accident where the lady hit me head on. And totaled out my motorcycle that I had for 20 years and literally that motorcycle I had been on most of I've covered most every state in the United States on that motorcycle including half of Canada and and loved that motor been everywhere all over all over the United States and Canada on the motorcycle and and the 20 years later when it got wrecked it looked it looked like the day I bought it brand new literally I mean it was it was a showroom bike Yesterday, I was looking for uh, trailer tires because I had a blowout on my trailer when I was transporting my, my zero turn to go cut lawn. At any rate, I had a uh, two days ago, whatever, Monday. So I'm looking online, and don't you know what happens? A Valkyrie Interstate comes up for sale. Uh-oh. And I looked at it, and I started to lust. Lust. I want it. I did. I told Sherry, I go, I so deserve that. <laughs> I don't even know if I deserve it. I don't care. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I'm to just go on second level. Of sin, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I deserve it. So I went, I'm going to second base yeah. on this. Sin, so here's you know? what I did. I went up and I went delete. And then I told Sherry, I go, you never guess what I found on the bike uh, or on the, on the web. She goes, what I go on another Valkyrie. She goes, we can't afford it. I know I deleted it. Uh, get a point for that john <laughs> but i wanted it yeah my i saw that and man all of a sudden all this emotion started coming out right and and if, if i would have bought it i would have been satisfying the lust of the eye and lust of the flesh yeah if you're spending money on something spending money you don't have to buy something you don't need to impress somebody you don't like you might be over the world there yeah but it lust was the flesh lust of the eyes yeah but all three of those you, you think men, was me <laughs> guilty 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 yeah Spending money that we don't have to oh, buy yeah. things we don't need and uh, lust of the flesh, the lust of material things, and and it never satisfies. Never. You get to buy Well, it, it only satisfies for the moment, but the minute you come to your senses again, it all disappears. Yeah. You yeah. know? And then, then you got to make the payment. <laughs> really disappears when you make those payments. Oh, right. Or, or all of a sudden it starts getting dirty and you're like, it doesn't look as good as it did yeah. when, yeah. Uh, so listen, the world is what we leave when we come to Christ. Isaiah 55, 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. The world is what we leave when we come to Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm now, so burnt out in the world. I just needed Jesus. Right. And then, boy, what a, how refreshing is that? John Bunyan, in his book, The Pilgrim's Progress, 
He says this, it pictures the believer's position as having his eyes lifted up to heaven and holding the best of books in his hand, right? And standing with the world as cast behind him. And so John Bunyan, when he does the Pilgrim's Progress, that's literally uh, how he pictures the believer's position. And I think it's pretty awesome. Remember that little song we sang uh, when we first were saved, this world behind, the cross before me, the world behind, behind me. me. Yeah. I won't turn back. Yeah. I won't turn back. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what it has to be. Now the world, it, uh, yeah, it pretty much applauds sin and Hollywood, uh, Hollywood encourages us to envy sinners and to, to practice ourselves. fornication, yeah. to practice adultery, yeah. to throw out any kind of moral standards. This guy's married to this woman, but he's dating that woman and sleeping around. It's like, uh, but that's the world. Yeah. And, and it destroys people's lives. Uh, on every level. And if you look at, look, even Madonna, who I remember back in the 80s, she had everything. She had all the money. She was one of the highest paid singers, the whole nine. And they did an interview and she said, I have, all, I have everything you could ever ask for. And I'm still asking the question, is this all there is? Yeah, material girl didn't uh, fill the hole in her heart. She right. sang with six, sang with uh, by her actions and her words. Uh, same as Jagger, same as Solomon. I can't get no satisfaction. And I tried, mm-hmm. and I tried, and I tried. This world will always leave you empty. That's the neat thing about Christ. I was in the world, yeah. came up empty, had the pedal to the metal, drove the fast cars, and partied till I puked, and all that. And it always came up empty. And then I found Jesus. Yeah, because the next day is like. It was all for nothing. Yeah, in the world, you know, you're with this girl tonight, and tomorrow, you know, she's gone, and you're you're friends, and then the drug party's over. You don't know each other. But in Christ, you make friends that are forever. Yep. Amazing. Proverbs 23, 17. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. But what happens? The media... Um, Hollywood, the world, what's it do? It makes all that look like beautiful, wonderful people. And all reality, they have nothing. And they say the stupidest things, bumper sticker, he who dies with the most, most toys, toys wins. Wins, <laughs> wins so what? Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Wins what, right? I put this on here because I, I think it's so true. Often the popularity of stars, stars, is due to their ability to stir us in, uh, to stir in us dissatisfaction with our own lives. Advertisers prey on our natural tendency to love this world, and most marketing campaigns appeal in some way to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. Every time Satan's been using it, it works. Why, it works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And unlike us, who we feel like we got to change something every six months just because we're bored the way it is, Satan has never been bored with what works, and that's mm-hmm. lust of the eyes, lust, lust of the of flesh, flesh, and pride of life. And so everything that you see, right? I love how they were like, yeah, yeah, uh, buy this new, buy, buy your motorcycle, you deserve it, right? Well, what if I can't afford it? What if it's not in my budget? You deserve it. No, if I can't afford just it. Just sign it, just sign. Just, just sign, sign it. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the, the Bible says that we become a slave to the lender. And now we can't serve God because we've got to serve the world. We're so much pre- under such pressure to pay this bill that we can't even enjoy the bike that we got. Yep. 
you know, just that's why. Listen, everything treadmill. I buy, I save, I save up my money for, and I pay cash for. My wife and I, since 1996, we have lived debt free, with the exception of our house, and we don't buy a big house. You know that we we live in an 1,100 square foot house. I mean, it's not very big at all. It's 11 plus, so right at 1,200. But you know, it's what we can afford, at without it without it bankrupting our life. And I don't, I don't need anything to bankrupt their life. And so when I bought a motorcycle, I paid cash for it. When that one got wrecked head on, I took the cash from that and I bought another one and paid cash for it. And, and so, you know, I'm not going to get caught up in the world. Now there are some other bikes I really wanted, but they were 10 grand more than I had. Mm, (laughs) So guess what I didn't get? Well, by not uh, putting it, uh, borrowing money, you get a full 100% of your value. You start uh, spe- deficit spending, and you're only going to get about 85 cents on a dollar. At best. Or, or maybe uh, maybe 79 cents per dollar. Yeah. And it's like, no, just follow God's ways, not the world's ways. Live within your means. And, you know, the, the thing that's amazing is in Christ we can be satisfied. Yeah. Because you, know, you find I, you don't need all that stuff. You know, I, I, I find such satisfaction in life and little things. You know, kiss from my wife, like, man, she's beautiful. I thank you for that kiss. It means something, you know. And then I come out from my garden and I, I spend a dollar seventy nine for a little pack of seeds and then I bring <laughs> then I bring in, you know, uh, a whole bunch of produce that's worth a lot more money and right. it's organic and it's healthy. I'm outside. It's like Oh, Mick Jagger, you couldn't find no satisfaction, but you know what? The Duke Meister did. Right. <laughs> I'm right. happy. Yeah. Right? Because it's literally in the things that matter, and the world keeps promoting what doesn't matter because it wants to keep yeah, you bigger, stirred. Bigger, better, more. Well, and, and you notice how fast-paced the world is, too? It's constantly to keep you distracted because as long as you're distracted, you're never really going to see or appreciate the things of value because while well, you can't see or appreciate much of anything, but what you need at the moment. Yeah. It just puts you on that treadmill, Be- bigger, better, more. Bigger, I call better, it the more. human hamster wheel. Yeah. That's what I call it. Uh, loving the world means devoting, uh, being devoted to the world's treasures, philosophies, and priorities. God tells his children to set their priorities according to his eternal value system. You know, these things really lock people in. I was locked into the drug culture. Yeah. Listen, how about this? Most people are locked in to what they can afford, right? Oh, I can afford that payment. And so we lock into it. And then, oh, I can afford that payment. So we lock into it. And the next thing that we can't afford, though, is losing our children. But we can afford the truck, boat, car, and bigger house. But we can't afford losing our children. But for some reason, we're willing to sacrifice our children as long as we have the things. And that's the world system. The world system sucks you away from what really matters. Just recently, my son-in-law made me so proud. He started dating his daughter every week. They have a daddy-daughter date. She's six years old, and she is in love with her daddy. Yeah. She was, uh, he was so involved in uh, his son's basketball. My, my son-in-law was a great basketball player, locally high school, went to college, had a scholarship. He was, he's really good. He's uh, 40 years old and plays in the elite league at the Y with the college boys. He's, he's, he's amazing, and he's coaching AAU basketball. And his son, my grandson, is excellent, and they're really going on his way to being a star. And it's just daddy's son basketball. And then the little gal was kind of feeling um, – jilted a little bit mm-hmm. and uh my son-in-law is a, a good committed christian man he began to sense that and as he was out of balance the bible says a false balance right. the, w- this world system wants to get us 
out of balance, this world system. Okay, there's nothing wrong with basketball, coaching your son, and investing in the right. lives of children. It's, it's a wonderful thing, but it has to be. That's the attitude balance. toward it that we got to be careful. And he of. got he got overly caught up in in, in the system because he loves basketball mm-hmm. and he loves doing it. He's good at it, and his teams are great. His son is great, but then he saw his daughter in need, and he repented, and he dates her every week. They get dressed up. And they go, she always just wants to go to this simple little place. But, uh, you know, that her change, her choices will get more expensive. As yeah. she older. <laughs> but we have pictures yeah. of on their first date, he yeah. bought her a rose and he put on a coat and tie and, and she got all dressed up. And my daughter puts just a little tiny bit of makeup on her, makes her feel like a big shot. And uh, daddy and daughter go out for a date. It's sacred. And it's like so opposite of this world system yeah you know the bible says that in matthew six thirty three that we are to seek first the uh kingdom of god and his righteousness right uh because no one can serve two masters matthew six twenty four. no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and mammon and that literally mammon you can replace it with anything basketball Right, like you can't serve God and serve something else because something's going to win out. Yeah, but if you serve God, He'll help you balance everything else out. Mm-hmm. If you serve money or your pleasures, that will always rob you from the balance. Mm-hmm. And and if and people say, "Hey, what's the secret to life?" It's it's in one word, balance. False balance is an abomination to the Lord. And, you know, tire out of balance doesn't go too far down the road, does it? Well, it may, but it's going to be rough as a cob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be vibrate and jerk and bounce. And, uh, and eventually it'll blow out because it yeah. builds up excessive heat because it can't run smooth and it'll blow out. And that's just the way we are out of balance. After a while, we build up because we, we, we're not smooth now and we can't, it can't go with the least amount of resistance. So what happens? Creates all kinds of new problems, doesn't it? It creates all kinds of new problems. That's what my son-in-law found is he was out of balance and then the Holy Spirit pointed it out. He's submitted to the Holy Spirit and he's never had more fun being a dad because he's got basketball and a dating a pretty little girl too. And, How uh, sweet is that, man? Yeah, it's like, like that. Yeah. So he's, and he's got it, and here's what he has now. He will have some wonderful children that will be uh, good for society because they'll be balanced as well. Mm-hmm. They'll learn from him. Yeah, yeah you know? learn from daddy. Yeah, so when we enter God's family through faith in Christ, God gives us the ability to exit the world's rat race. And I'm telling you guys, that's what it is. The world is a rat race. It is go, 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 go. Listen, if I could, my schedule this week is insane. I, it's, literally, it's absolutely insane. And, and I'm like, I, I don't even know that I can get it all done. And what did I do? I got caught up, not in the world of sin. I just failed to pay attention to how much I had on my plate. So now it is literally overwhelming me. And I'm going to get it all done. And then I... I will be reminded <laughs> as your son-in-law was about dating his daughter. I mean, you need to keep this in balance, right? Mm-hmm. Cause what happens is, you know, uh, if you're not careful, you want to please everyone. And so just by wanting to serve everyone, you put yourself out of balance and then train wreck. I mean, there's so many ways to go out of balance, right? And so when we enter into God's family through faith, literally, and we're seeking his way, doing it his way, the way he tells us to make it happen. Second Corinthians five seventeen says we get an exit 
the off-ramp of the world's rat race, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And it's really a new thought process. It's not, it's not a new body or new eyes or new ears or new fingers or new whatever. It is a new thought process. And we'll start thinking like Christ, and then the way you think is the way you act. Yeah, the two things in the world that are eternal are the souls of men and the word of God. And so all of a sudden, the things that we would have just just ran right by now become the focal point of our lives. I want to know the scriptures so I can share them with people. And it's in interacting with people. My son-in-law shares the gospel all the time with basketball parents. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, you're such a great coach. And you're so, you're, you know, you're so con- spirit. They'll even say spirit controlled. They don't know it's Holy Spirit. Right, right. But, you know, the way you treat the kids and, and they mess up and yet you correct them. But you do it in a way that builds them up, not tears them down. And so he's able to take his love for basketball and use it to advance the kingdom. And show Christ. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing how God will kind of take one thing away and then add something and then give it back and give it to, back to you better. Yeah. Well, see, because what happens is once we, once we enter the kingdom of God, we leave the world's rat race, right? And then our desires turn heavenward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. and then we begin to store up the things that God would have. Luke twelve thirty three. sell what you have, give alms, provide yourself money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Right. Matthew nineteen twenty one. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And literally what he's saying is because uh, uh, then it says that the young man heard what Jesus said and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And, and, and that was the problem. His whole idea was he wanted what the world had to offer, not what God had to offer. And Jesus nailed him or busted him with that. Listen, you, you, you want. You want to be perfect? You want to go to heaven? You sell everything you have and you follow me. And then what the young man really found out was his desire was for the world and not for Jesus. Yeah. You know, there's another side of like that. Like he was exposed. That's one side of the coin. The ironic other side of that coin is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, and his righteousness, then all these things will be added on you. <laughs> You'll get it all back. You can live for it and, and, and fall short and have nothing, or you can live for God and wind and up with get both. it all. Get it all. Yeah, uh, but but what happened was when Jesus asked that question, he helped the young man see his real heart. Yeah, I did. It was a mirror, wasn't it? It was a mirror. Is what it, that question literally was the mirror because the guy goes away sorrowful, going, "I'll take what I have rather than give up what I have to go to heaven." And 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 for a lot of us guys, if you're out there and you're like, "Yeah, I want heaven," and yet you got all this riches in the world. What if God told you right now to go sell all you have, get rid of everything, and follow him? He'll show you where you're going to live the next day, drive the next day, work the next day. Um, what does your heart immediately feel when I said that? That tells you who you're really following, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So First Timothy six eighteen through 19, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. He's like, listen, you know what, guys, this is all about eternal life. And your focus is all about that, which God would have you to do. And the things that God would have you to uh, seek to do, to fulfill in others so that they can see him is having a heavenward attitude toward the world. Mm -hmm. 
And I think we lose that if we're not careful. When we realize uh, what is truly important is eternal, not temporal, then we'll stop loving and living for the world. But until we realize that, and unfortunately for a lot of people, that doesn't happen until you start getting older. You know, I had an uncle uh, come to me, and I, I loved him to death. My uncle Pete, my great uncle, my dad's uncle. And uh, when I got saved, I was the first person in our immediate family that got saved, and God called me to preach. And, of course, my family had no idea what that even meant. Hardly did I know what that even meant. So I'm at the last Hergit family reunion about two days before I go to Bible college, and my uncle Pete who was very successful businessman and he, you know, he was, he was worth a lot of money. He put his arm around me and he wept. My uncle Pete wept. He says, I beg you not to do this. There's no money in the ministry. (laughs) And I don't know how he knew that. And he might've been right. You know, I'm certainly not a rich man, but uh, I'm rich and I'm rich in a lot of things. I'm I'm married to the same woman. I'm growing old on the same pillow. I have three kids that love, uh, love mom and dad, love each other. Um, they're ra- my three kids are raising eight grandchildren, and they're raising them the same way we raised them, which I am a rich you're, man. You're a very wealthy man. I am wealthy. Very wealthy. And uh, I have friends. I have friends. Uh, I have younger friends. I have a few older friends still mentoring me. But uh, the, the Lord has a way, you know, love not the world things. Are, but the Lord has a way of giving you riches. Right that are so satisfying and it was fun well, because Day. because what happens is you realize the riches aren't in the things you thought they were in yeah and those riches are all going to go away those are riches you don't take with you mm-hmm. and i i drive by our campus and i live on the back of our church property that i bought the church sold me a lot and i i live near the church and i drive by every day and i think i realized that was a that was a broccoli field years ago and today it's a it's a thriving church and saturday day was a family day and it was 200 people out playing in the yard, playing games, having fun. Dads loving kids, kids loving dads, and things are eternal, you know. And I'm the old guy, you know, walk through the crowd, and I see see people on this old broccoli field, and it's all mowed and beautiful and buildings all over it. And I realize, man, I've lived my life for things that count for eternity. It's like I'm a rich man. You know, young men dream, old men reflect. <laughs> mm-hmm. But maybe my reflection is so gasoline on the younger men's sparks. And right. So it's, you know, the Lord, I, he, it, when he says it's love not the world, I, I, he's like, don't you know what I got for you? You being evil know how to give good gifts. How much greater than I. Yeah, and he's like, like follow me. Right. I'll take care of you. I'll add all this stuff unto you. And then I see the people who, uh, especially back to the peers and family members uh, from when I was first making, Joel and I were making our commitments to Christ. We had family members look like we were crazy. You guys got to just walk away from education, go to Bible college. It's not even accredited. And and they, they, I got the same thing. They they mocked us. And today we live in a beautiful house and we have some uh, rental properties. The Lord has blessed us financially. We've traveled the world. We're still in love. We're, we're living it, man. We're rocking it. We're having a blast. And then I look at them who rejected Christ and got a million dollars in the bank and no family around to share it with. Yeah, nobody to love on and yep. no one to grow old and divorces has yep. been visited all over. Yep. Our both children's lives are family. destroyed. They're out killing themselves uh, physically and yeah, yeah, it's like I'm it's just a train wreck. It's just uh, the Lord's ways are good. Well, the Bible says to continue to love the world, especially if we do it the way the unbelievers do. It's gonna. It'll cripple us. Mm-hmm. It'll cripple our spiritual growth, and it'll render us 
uh, fruitless. Matthew 3, 8, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. In Luke 6, 43 through 45, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so, again, we see and, and we know that we are what we hang out with. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Absolutely. If John uh, 15, 1 through 8, I'm the, I'm the true vine, my father's the vine dresser. And then he goes on through this, and he talks about how he prunes, and as long as we're in Christ, we bear more fruit. And those that are not uh, in Christ, man, they're, they're, they're cut off to burn. Mm-hmm. No right? fruit at all. There's Just no fruit burn. at all. And then Jesus says in John 12, 25, he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And, and the reality is if, if we love anything more than we love Jesus, we're not worthy of him. Matthew 10, 37 and 38. He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. When we look at this, Jesus has made it very clear how we can tell if we are in love with the world or if we are in love with him. I remember when that verse ripped my heart out, but I made the right deal. When I surrendered to go to Bible college uh, in 1974, my mom and dad had gotten divorced in 73, actually was making the preparations, and I was helping pay the bills around our house. My mom didn't ask me to, but I felt that Christ in me wanted to help her. And when I was getting ready to leave to go to Bible college, my mom was like, you can't leave us. We need you here. We need you here. Well, they weren't listening to me here. They right. wouldn't go to church. They wouldn't listen to the word of God. <laughs> they take my money, which wasn't much. But, right, right. Uh, but and, I, and I showed her that verse. And I said, Mom, I, I love you. I want right. to make you proud. I said, you don't understand. She didn't know Jesus yet. Seven years later, she came to Christ, and she was really thrilled that I went into the ministry. She was right. extremely proud. But um, there was a tough moment when my mom had said, don't go to Bible college. I, we need you here. Your brothers need you here. And um, But, I you just, know, that, that goes back to what you and I talked about in the podcast we did, um, Why Are Christians So Hateful? You know, it's, it's, it's not that you hated your mother or your family. It's just that you had to make a decision of who, you're gonna, who you were going to love that more that day. And, and the reality is, if God called you, you had to listen to him. Yeah, and I did, and it was painful, but it wasn't long. And she says, well, we need you here, but you can still pray for us, yeah. which I did. <laughs> and my dad, this is you know, like this. I don't think you know this part of the story. My dad was in the liquor business, and it was liquor money, and it was gambling money. It was, And he had a lot of it, and I had, like, none. And um, I was going to Bible college, and he, he, he had 10 $100 bills. This is 1974, right. so, you know, 1000 bucks then is probably like 4000 now. And he just stuck it in my pocket. He goes, that's for the first semester. And I had to take that money out and say, Dad, this is liquor money. And I kind of preach liquor's not such a great thing. And uh, I said, my heavenly father's called me, not my earthly father. And I said, I want you to take this back. Thank you. I know this is love money. I know you love me. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. But 
I got to trust my heavenly father to take care of me. You've taken care of me right. till now. Now I got to trust him. I got to learn to trust yeah, him. You know how much respect you gained? He was a little offended at yeah, first. At first. But boy, he would he took me back to that moment. You know, you really ticked me off when you wouldn't <laughs> take my money. He goes, I'll start really watching you. And I saw that uh, your heavenly father, he goes, he's he was real. Yeah, right. He said, I didn't wasn't quite sure he was even real, but you trusted him and he came through for you. And my dad came to Christ yeah. twenty two years after me. He came all the way, got to baptize at my dad. Well, how Boy, sweet is that? Wait till you meet him on the other side, Johnny. Yeah, I am looking forward to that day, man. It'll explain a lot to you when you read my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, in general, the term world in the Bible refers to the evil system controlled by Satan that, that leads us away from the worship of God. John Calvin said the human heart is an idol factory. And the truth is that we can make idols out of anything. Mm -hmm. Any passionate desire of our hearts that is not put there by God for his glory can become an idol. First Corinthians 10 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Because if not, we're going to do it to the glory of something, and that something will become our idol. Yeah, I've had that happen in my life. I, I'm into gardening, I'm into farming, and I was raising goats, and it was fantastic. I had a little flock, and I was birthing goats on my little farm and milking the goats and making my cheese. And uh, it, it, it was, I loved it. And then God called me to go on the road to preach. And people don't mind coming by and putting a little bowl of food out for your cat right. every third day because the cats will just eat a little bit. But nobody wanted to come and milk my goats at 6 a.m. and right. 6 p.m. every day. Right. And Jesus said to me, lovest thou these goats and animals more than me? <sighs> I gave my goats away. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm, I'm goatless now. I'd rather be goatless than gutless, amen. Right, but amen. I had to. I had to love Jesus more than yeah. see I, than than farming, mm -hmm. and I, I see God's hand all over in farming and growing and plants and germination, pollination, and all of that. But Jesus is first. Yep, just plain and simple. Jesus is first. Well, loving the world is idolatry. First Corinthians ten seven, and do not become idolaters as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, rose up to play, and then in First Corinthians ten fourteen, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So while we're commanded to love people and the people of the world, we're commanded to love one another as Christians. We have to be very careful of anything that competes with God for our highest uh, affections. And guys, that's what it is. So if we're going to talk about what it means to uh, not love the world, that we do not love the world, but God loves the world, understand that the world that we're not to love is Satan's system that operates in the world. And the world that God loves is the people. And we have to always keep that in mind because if we don't, we will flip it upside down and we will be idolaters. Mm -hmm. So, guys, I hope that this has helped you. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.